This is the Prairie Prophets Podcast with host Brandon Butler. It's a very exciting time at Raceline as the Horizon 2 grant is finally being signed. This has been an incredible process to get us to this point. But as you probably know by now, if you're a listener to Prairie Prophets, Prairie Prophets is a platform tied to the Horizon 2 Climate Smart Commodities Grant. There has been a number of people already on the podcast involved with this grant, and we're going to hear from RAE employee Will Higgins today, who is the grant manager. Will, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Brandon. So a little history. I really don't remember who it was that brought the grant to Rudy Raceline initially. Very likely could have been Lisa Schulte-Moore, but quickly a team came together, including Lisa, Sean McMahon, Rudy, myself, and a few others, and we coalesced around the idea of this grant perhaps being the catalyst to finally push our prairie restoration and cover cropping vision into the realm of reality. Fast forward over a year later, And that's exactly where we are. An incredible team of 14 different organizations and corporations have come together and we have finally made it to the signing. Will joined the company while this process had already begun and stepped in as the manager of the grant. He's done a phenomenal job of getting us to the finish line. And I'm very excited to be in Washington, D.C. right now with Will to celebrate the culmination of this process. Will, when you stepped in and had to get your arms around this entire process that we were already in, how did that feel? I mean, it was a, it's a big grant. It's $80 million. It's a big deal. And so, I don't know, Rudy and Brian just called me one day and said, hey, can we sit down and talk? And they're like, hey, we want you to help get us, you know, we've been awarded at that time. They had been announced that we had 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 the award, but you know, there's going to be a negotiation phase and we need somebody to help get us across that finish line. And so they just, they said, will you be our grant manager and, and get this done? And I, I don't know. I didn't think I could say no. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, I think a lot of us are very thankful that you didn't, you've done a great job. And today is actually the one year anniversary of the announcement. Today is September 13th, and Secretary Vilsack will be doing a a live webinar showcasing all the progress that's been made nationally. In the press release, it said over $3.1 billion has been invested into this Climate Smart Commodities grant program. And what's interesting is about a year ago, I was able to hear the Secretary talking about it, and initially it was going to be a $1 billion fund. And he said at the time that he was concerned there wouldn't be a billion dollars in asks. It ended up being $20 billion in asks, and they upped the grant total to over $3 billion. So there are incredible projects taking place across the country. But what's really heartening for me, and I'm sure you will, is a lot of it is very Midwest focused. There's a lot going on in agriculture. You yourself are a, a farmer, so to you know, see this happening in Iowa where you live with your family and you have your own swine operation, how does that feel? 
Yeah, I guess I don't call myself a farmer. I guess I feel I'm more of just a landlord. I, I own a, a barn that, and I don't do the day-to-day chores, but you know, obviously I'm involved in the operation. So you can't take that but, away. You can't take that away from yourself. But, you can't well, take it away from me. I've got a 40 acre bean field, so I'm a farmer. <laughs> I'm a very proud farmer, even though I don't have a tractor or anything. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's really, my whole professional career has just been interested in trying to add value to agriculture, to rural communities, to creating more revenue so that I kind of, I think I am kind of going against the grain. You know, a lot of people are moving from rural areas to to the city where there's more opportunity, where I guess I grew up in the city, have moved out into the, into the country, into rural America and um, have found a way to have opportunity there. And that's what I want for a lot of other people. And so, I mean, that rural values, you know, agriculture way of life. Like it's really important to me to raise a family there and raise our kids there and have those opportunities. And so continuing to find ways that we can add value to agriculture and to rural America. I mean, that's what I've been passionate about my whole career. Well, I enjoy bragging on my rural County. I, I live in Howard County, Missouri, and I like to point out that there isn't a single stoplight in the entire County. Now, due to a few life changes, I've spent the last two years in Columbia, Missouri, which I love for a lot of reasons. I'm a big Tigers fan, and Mizzou is part of this grant as well. I'm about two minutes from the football and basketball stadiums. I have a freshman daughter at Mizzou, so having her that close is pretty wonderful. But my construction on my new home is 75% complete. So the other night, my daughter and I were out there, and the stars were just phenomenal. The Milky Way was glowing, and she said, Dad, this is just beautiful. And now we're only 40 minutes north of Columbia, but it's just a world away. And when you're out there, and you can hear the, the bugs and the frogs and, and just the wildlife at night, and you can sit up and look at the stars, I just can't live any other way. So I understand exactly what you're saying. And that's one of the great things about our jobs at Raceline and being part of this grant is we really are focusing on rural America. It means so much to me to be able to say that this grant is hopefully going to inject over time billions and billions of dollars into landowner and farmer pockets while also improving ecological services in agricultural lands, and benefiting wildlife and humanity through the practices that we're implementing. So back to the process, uh, you, you acknowledged the fact that we were given the award. They said, congratulations, you are one of 14 grants in the top tier, which is over $75 million, somewhere between $75 and $100 million. However, we're not done yet. And that's really where you came in, was the we're not done yet part. Right. So the negotiations began. Let's talk about some of the components of the grant, because we never really have dug in on this podcast yet to exactly what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So what is the Horizon 2 Climate Smart Commodities Grant? So I would break it into three pieces. So I guess goal one or or piece one would be to pay farmers for practices of growing cover crops or prairie as a feedstock for anaerobic digestion to produce renewable natural gas. And so that first piece is contracting with those producers and then 
giving them the funds to change those practices and expand the the use of cover crops as a as a feedstock. The second goal is the measurement and verification of those outcomes, you know, like you talk about the ecological service outcomes. We need the market and everybody to be confident that what we're doing does have the benefit we say it does. And so that's where you have people like Iowa State University and Missouri and University of Missouri and the Soil and Water Outcomes Fund and people that measure those those outcomes that measure the carbon sequestration, that measure the reduced emissions from those practices. That's where the second piece comes in is doing the measurement and verification. So at the end of this grant, we can say we have the data. Everybody can be confident in the benefit. You know, here's the data behind it that this has the benefits we say it's going to. And then the third piece is the outreach portion. So that's, I mean, the portion that you're you're most involved with is telling the story about why we're doing this, how we're doing this. And there's also a big component of underserved producers. That's a big focus of the Climate Smart Commodities Program is to expand access to historically underserved producers. And so we have some partners in the grant that typically their focus is is outreach like with the, the veterans in agriculture. Like that's a that's a partner in the grant. And so they bring the outreach to those specific groups and so that we can connect with people that might have been historically underserved in agriculture. One of my favorite moments in Prairie Profits uh, as a platform so far, and we've talked about it on this podcast even, is when Lisa Schulte Moore gets choked up in her episode mm-hmm. of Prairie Profits because she's talking to a group of, of students and intellectuals about monoculture and how we're not changing biodiversity in a positive way fast enough in this country. So over the last half a century or more, we've seen the size of farms continue to scale up and corn and soybean being pushed into every square inch of those farms. What we're trying to do with Horizon 2 is return the marginal acreage to native grasses while also making sure that the prime acres that are going to stay in corn and soybeans are covered throughout the year. And that's where the cover crops comes in. So the prairie will help protect our water, will help, as you said, sequester carbon in the soil, which we'll talk about more here in a second, as will the cover crops. We're going to see less erosion into our waterways, meaning less nitrogen and phosphorus running off of fields, causing downstream pollution. We're going to see more soil staying where it belongs on a farmer's field. When we think about that from an economic standpoint, historically those have been cost negative. It, it, it takes money for farmers to do the right thing ecologically. Now this grant is going to allow us, if it works out the way we expect, to prove that there's an economic positive return at the end of this rainbow for farmers and landowners to plant cover crops to harvest them as a secondary crop and see them turned into renewable energy. And the same with the restored prairie. Not only are we going to provide habitat for pollinators, the monarch butterfly, uh, ground nesting birds, and so many other critters, we're going to be able to harvest those grasses after they've done their job of protecting our water, keeping our soil in place, sequestering carbon, and then actually turn them into renewable energy. It's pretty remarkable. What's it feel like to be part of something so groundbreaking? I mean, it's it's just pretty cool to provide those opportunities to give producers tools and options to do the things that I think most of them want to do. There's nobody that I talk to that wants their soil to go away. You know, 
everybody in my family circle, I mean, they, they want to leave it better than they got it. They want to leave it better for the next generation. So the next generation will be better. And so giving people options and, and, and tools so they don't feel like they're forced to just do one particular practice that, and we have another, I think the coolest thing for me is coming up with a way to, to, to fund it. I think that's, I think that's the big pieces, you know, traditionally a lot of the stuff is funded by government and to come up with a, a way that private industry can pay for conservation practices, I think is just a really cool model. Yeah. One thing Rudy's always talked about is a market-based solution. And I love that. He said, alternative energy. Our name is Raceland Alternative Energy because we're looking for alternatives and to create a market around grasses. It sounds like pretty basic, right? We're going to grow grass. It's going to protect the water. It's going to protect our soil. But then when you really start breaking down like the entire process that it's going to have to go through to become financially viable as a renewable energy source, there's a lot of technology involved that goes far above my understanding. But at the same time, it is pretty simple in concept because we're just letting nature do what nature does. Let's talk a little bit about the the sequestering of carbon. At the core of all of these grants is the climate smart commodities portion. So that means we're going to create commodities, financially viable resources that are good for our climate. We're seeing all kinds of different grants through conservation organizations, universities, agriculture organizations, corporations involved. Ours, of course, deals with the grasses. Most people probably don't recognize how important vegetation is to addressing our warming climate. You know, if you're leaving a field bare, it's essentially a reflector for sun rays, right? And and bouncing back into the atmosphere. With the grasses in place, you know, it's absorbing not only the energy that's there, but it's also keeping that carbon in the soil. That's another aspect of agriculture is the no-till drill. When you're not turning over the soil, you're not releasing that carbon. Can you talk a little bit about what those outcomes you mentioned are hopefully going to look like with the carbon sequestration through this grant program? Yeah, and I think what this grant program is about that makes it different and you know what the horizon two model and vision is about that makes it different is not just optimizing a single outcome so it's not just if we were just doing an energy project we might grow a certain species of grass that is just totally focused on production and trying to get the most tons per acre but what the horizon two project is is we're we're going to grow a mixture of of grasses and forbs, a natural prairie that what would have been there before. And that optimizes multiple outcomes. So not just the carbon or the energy outcome, but also the ecological service outcomes and also wildlife habitat. I mean, I think that's the wildlife portion. I mean, I think is a big reason, a passion that you, me and Rudy and a lot of people at our company share is our passion for wildlife. And so that's really important to me is, is the wildlife the local benefits, the water quality benefits, the erosion prevention, you know, those kind of local outcomes. I think those are, those are really important to me. And if we can help the large, it's, it's sometimes hard to conceptualize the larger climate issue that, that everybody talks about. So, I mean, for me, I think if we can improve wildlife habitat, we can improve the ecological services, and then we can also help the climate at the same time. Great. 
that's, uh, but I would say my, my passion is maybe more localized than that. So we have a team of scientists from Iowa State, Soil and Water Outcomes Fund, Mizzou, Internal at Raceline, and other companies that are actually studying how much carbon we'll be able to sequester. Mm. It's significant. It's mm. a significant amount. But that's the benefit of these grants to society. So if, if anybody's listening and they're thinking, why would we spend $3 billion on these kind of grants? It's for a lot of the reasons that you named earlier. It's, it's investment in rural America. It's an investment in, in traditionally underserved uh, populations to get veterans, to get women, to get minorities into agriculture and to reverse the trend of multi-thousand acre farms being the only way agriculture is going and returning people to family farms in, in the middle of America. That's a huge part of it. But ultimately, it is about the climate and being able to transition agriculture into a future that does provide the economic incentives for becoming a farmer while also protecting all of our environmental attributes of soil, air, land, and climate. And I think it's, it's really feasible because we're, we're targeting marginal acres. There, there is a small portion of acres that have this huge disproportionate benefit of doing these practices. And so having the team at, at Iowa State and, and others help identify those areas and they're going to do modeling to figure out where are the historically unprofitable marginal acres that I think there's going to be a great return on investment because we we know from the studies that have already happened that if we do these practices on these marginal acres like there's just a huge disproportionate benefit to doing that so that's I think it's it's really feasible because I mean we're not we're not talking about converting the I guess where I live is some of the best farm ground on the planet. And so like, we're not taking a, talking about taking those really highly productive acres. I mean, those, we should try to grow as much food and, and fuel and as possible on those acres, but on the marginal acres is where, is where the real benefit is. Right. And this is a hypothetical, but let's say a farmer is currently making all of their money on corn and soybeans. hundred percent of their income is coming from that. We're not going to take away any of that income, but we might be able to add 20% on top. So instead of making 100%, you can make 120%. And I think that's going to be intriguing to anybody who makes their living on the land. Mm -hmm. So something I've learned, Will, in doing these podcasts and and having articles written about Horizon 2 and, and Raceline is there's a lot of interest. People are clamoring to become part of this. We had an article come out in Rural Missouri Magazine that resulted in probably a hundred phone calls, emails from folks that are like, I've got 20 acres that I'd like to put in prairie and be part of this. Mm -hmm. We hope to get there. That's the goal. We want to be, you know, nationwide, worldwide in time. But how is this rolling out? This isn't something that just everybody can participate in yet. We, we have a, a demographic and a, a geographic area mm-hmm. where we need to be. How, how is this grant going to roll out? So obviously we have to digest the prairie grass and the, and the cover crop biomass. We have to put that in a digester to make gas out of it. That's where, the, that's where the revenue comes from. So we need to leverage you know, the current projects, the Horizon One projects, the, the swine manure to renewable natural gas projects. And so you know, our footprint for that is 
really in northern Missouri. And I mean, that's that's been my focus for most of the time I've been at Raceline is trying to develop those projects in Iowa. So I would say right now, this is going to roll out probably first in in northern Missouri, Grand River Basin type area. And we don't have a site selected yet for where we're going to put the first Horizon 2 digester besides Brian Seavers. Yeah, but, I was going to say we have one. Mm-hmm. It's in, near Davenport in Scott County, Iowa at, mm-hmm. at Brian Seavers' farm. Yeah, but we'll see the production increase there. And I mean, that's where, that's really the the pilot where we prove out the the technical side of it, of how do we how do we do this once we have some of those things figured out, then I think you'll see an expansion to and bolting on to our existing assets with the, the Horizon One projects in, in northern Missouri and hopefully very soon in Iowa. Well, Will, as your coworker, as a, a person who shares your love of rural America and someone who's very excited to see what the future of Horizon Two becomes, you know, I want to thank you for the work that you've put in. I've really enjoyed working with you, getting to know you, and being on this journey with you. We have an incredible team. I can't wait to be at Iowa State real soon for our kickoff meeting. We're going to have a celebration of the signing of the grant. All the partners will be together. Rudy will take the stage as our fearless leader and, and get everybody coalesced around the fact that it's happening. The ink is on the paper. Horizon 2 is a reality, and the future is bright. Yeah, and I can't say enough uh you know thank you and you know it's been great to get to know you as well i can't say thank you enough to all the partners that we have we have a really great team and of of partners that really have have been the work behind getting this grant put together and getting it across the finish line and i'm just happy i get to be a part of that hold on because here we go Thanks for listening to the Prairie Profits Podcast with host Brandon Butler.